It's the Only One Shot Golf Podcast, and I'm Jim Gallagher. Thanks for listening to today. Don't forget to subscribe to wherever you get your podcast. Special thanks to Steve Azar for allowing us to use his music. And you can find Steve at steveazar.com. Don't forget to get your copy of Only One Shot. That's available in Amazon. That was written by B.J. Trolio, the teaching professional at Old Waverly. So go out and get you a copy of that. I uh, guarantee you you're going to enjoy that read. Uh, today, I have uh, a good buddy of mine that played at the University of Georgia, Jack Larkin. He has played in 17 different USGA events and has played the USAM in five different decades. He won the 1979 USGA Junior Boys and then went on to Georgia and had a solid career, but got his amateur status back in 1995. He's got a couple boys, one that played at Georgia and one that's playing now at Walford. Uh, it's a really cool story, and I think you're going to get to know Jack a little bit better and kind of a blast from the past, and I can't wait uh, to hear the podcast and our conversation with Jack Larkin. Well, let's welcome my good friend, Jack Larkin, to the podcast. Jack, we go way back to our college days when you were at Georgia, and I was at Tennessee, and we all got along just fine. Well, you're kind to have me. I'm uh, I'm honored to be uh, talking with you, because you are the daddy. Well, yeah, and I am a daddy and a granddaddy <laughs> and all that other stuff. Who'd ever believe yes, that you back are. in the seven, early 80s when we were in college, that nickname that I had, would transpire and uh, transform <laughs> me into a four-time dad and all that other good stuff. But uh, Yeah, well, before you go any further, I do want to tell you, you were spectacular at the Hall of Fame, uh, golf, Mississippi Golf Hall of Fame inductions that you were brought into last weekend. I was there, you knew I was there, but I was in the audience and I thought you did a spectacular job at your address. So, way to go. Thank really you. Good one. Yeah, Randy Watkins went in with me, Ben... Uh, Nelson and Lou Hart and Randy, all the, I was the last speaker. Uh, the toughest part, and of course you were there and you know what it's like, is when my son Thomas introduced me. I knew I had no chance uh, to, to not cry, but it was a very special moment and I was really honored. And, you know, I had a script, I had it written. I kind of yeah. went rogue a little bit, like, and I could look. I didn't look over at Sissy because I could see her pointing at my, you know, look at your, look at your uh, speech, <laughs> look at it, look at the paper. Uh, but it was a cool yeah. night and and uh, very emotional and, and just very proud. So happy to see you, Fred Dupree played LSU. Yeah. He's from Mississippi. There's so many good friends over there. It was really a cool night, and appreciate it. Was a lot of fun. So it, it was well, it was a lot of fun. But you, you, I was really impressed. You, you held it together well and did a great job. Well, so, thank you. Way to go. You were, you were such a good player and still are. I, I can't believe we'll get into that. How many, how you're still competitive, but you were a really good player as a junior. But who got you started? Kind of your early influences on uh, as you started playing golf. Oh yeah, my dad. Okay. My dad. Um, he was a golfer and he was a pretty good player. He, he probably had a six seven handicap. And uh, probably midway through his life, 50-ish or so, he, he started having some health issues and heart issues and vascular issues. And so he he, he, he had to step out of golf. But he, um, when he was younger, got me into it. When I was about 10 or so, I started caddying for him and I started playing some. And as you well know, when that kind of stuff happens, it kind of, it, it, you get hooked. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, wow, this is a, this is really it's a frustrating game and it's one of those games that I know I can do better. I got to keep at this. Yeah. Do you remember the day you got, <laughs> do you remember the day that it just oh. kind of grabbed you? Remember that moment? Yeah. Well, yeah, it was similar to the time I got hooked on wine. <laughs> wine. And you know, there's, there's one, there's a day you you have an epiphany and it's very similar. You know, you're just like, Oh my gosh, that's, 
yeah, I like that. That's yeah. really neat. Cool. <laughs> yeah, you hit a few good shots, or you make a good score on a particular hole, or you threw nine holes together, or you know you beat one of your little buddies that you play with that you're always so competitive with, and all of a sudden you're like, dang, uh, this is for me. I want to keep doing this. Yeah, and you win the U.S. Junior in 1979. I think it was Moss Creek down in Hilton Head. So, yeah, down in Hilton Head, yeah. Take us through kind of, I mean, it's been a while, obviously. but uh, Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, you know, what's that like to win a national championship, knowing you've put the time and effort in? Uh, was that a dream? I mean, or was that just like, wow, look what's just happened? Oh, completely. Yeah, it was uh, when we were, when I was growing up, um, we had a guy that was, an assistant pro, Bobby McKeever. He was an assistant oh, I know pro. Bobby. Absolutely. You know McKeever. Yeah, he was he was assistant pro at Belmede in Nashville, and I grew up in Nashville before moving to Atlanta. And Bobby had us, he was kind of our unofficial golf coach. Um, and he had our team out in the mornings. He had us up in the mornings, two mornings a week um, up at Belmede. During the springtime, we'd be up at 530, be out at the golf course at 6 o'clock, chipping and putting. That's all we did. We, we, we could hit a few balls, but it was mainly chipping and putting. And he instilled in our group of, of six, seven guys, he always told us every day, the biggest thing, your objective, you know, it, right here, right now, your objective is to win the U.S. Junior. That's what you're playing for. Wow. That's your whole deal. So I was unable to stay there. My dad got transferred down to Atlanta uh, when I was a junior in high school. And when I came down... Atlanta, I didn't know anyone here, and so I kind of reverted to more golf, and I kind of was, uh, uh, I was always hooked on it, but I just kind of got to that, and I just always remember Bobby McKeever. He's like, you want to win the U.S. Junior, that's your objective. And so I thought, well, that's, yeah, that'd be a cool thing to do. I could do that. And so I started practicing more, and I started going out with the golf course in the mornings, two, you know, two, three mornings in the springtime before uh, before school, I'd drive out. I was 16. I had uh, access to a car so I could drive golf course, and I'd practice. And it was just chipping a button. It mm-hmm. wasn't hitting balls. It wasn't the own driving range. You know, it was the most important stuff, of course, as you and I know, chipping and button. And got confidence in that. And my golf just kind of took off and ended up winning the tournament. And it was, uh, it was one of those things that I just, it was in my mind for a number of years leading up to it. And then, when it actually happened, it was it was uh, it was it was an almost anticlimactic. It was odd, right? Was, I, I'll never forget uh, the last hole. Billy Tootin and I were playing in the final match, and he uh, I hit a good one off the tee of tied going into eighteen. It was a really great match, and Billy hit one a little bit left, doing Moss Creek, mm-hmm. and um, I hit one down the fairway, and I hit my second one up on the green. And, he had some tree trouble, and he ended up hitting one into the trees and couldn't find it. He ended up conceding the hole. And I'm walking up to the green. I'm on the green. And I'm thinking, I just won. Well, that was really cool. Okay, well, what next? Now what? Now what am I going to do? Yeah. <laughs> it, it, you thought really you reached the pinnacle, out. but you didn't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so it was. It really didn't sink in. And and probably 20 years later. And But, but – over the years, it has it, it's become one of those things that it was it was a really neat accomplishment. It was a lot of fun to do, um, but but it it uh, I think it helped me uh, in so many different ways from a standpoint of being uh, goal oriented and and setting goals for all types of aspects of my life and and my 
marriage and my kids' lives, and you know, just so it is. Uh, it was. It, it, I've always been a huge fan of sports and the life lessons that they can teach you, as you well know, mm-hmm. and you've done it. You've you've been around it for years, and I just think that the the, the work ethic, hard work, and uh, uh, the integrity, and particularly in golf, because you call penalties on yourself when you do something that no one else sees, and so you know it's it's uh, golf in particular just seems to be such a lifelong sport. And, so many people that didn't play when we were kids that now play and all every single one of them do it. Man, I wish I had played when I was younger. Yeah, I wish I'd have done oh, that. I know. And you're like, yeah, we tried to tell you, but you didn't want to. Do it. So what? So match play versus metal, and we got a lot of kids, parents, players. Uh, did working on your short game putting all those hours working on a putting green that has to help. But what's the different mentality for you? Because you've played in a lot of USGA events. We'll get into that in a minute. But that mentality of match play versus metal. Oh man, I think uh, obviously in today's day and age we play so little match play. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I hate it because I love match play. I, I just think it's so much more fun. It's so uh, it, it, it's one on one. You know, it's, it's it's fabulous. You you do it as a kid with your pals. You do it uh, at your club when you're at home. You do it in so many other areas of golf but competitive uh, amateur and professional golf now is so so little match play because i guess it just doesn't you know quote sell but it's so fun and everybody i know that that does it likes it so much more than metal play um it, it and not to say that you, know, you can make a 10 and it doesn't matter but that's just kind of part of it but to me match play has always been so much fun because of the fact that you are playing one-on-one and my mentality in match play has always been never, ever, ever assume that your playing partner is going to mess up. Yeah. You always have to assume the worst as far as what you're concerned. If, you, if, if, if I'm on the green and two on a par four and I got an eight footer for a birdie and my playing partner's uh, buried in the trap in two and he can't even get it out of there and maybe he doesn't get it out in two or three and then, I can't assume that he's going to make a bogey and I'm going to make a birdie and I'm going to win this hole. I'm assuming that he's going to hold that fourth shot after he got it out of the buried lie. I still got to make this putt to win the hole. So you can't ever assume that your partner's going to, or your, 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 your opponent is going to, is going to do poorly. You have to assume he's going to do better than you think he's going to do. That's exactly what so, Tom Watson told us at the Ryder Cup. Expect the unexpected. And it's such such a great lesson in match play. And, you know, the NCAA is going to match play now. We're seeing the conferences go to that. We're seeing it kind of make a little bit of a comeback. I would think just the putting matches on the putting green, the one-on-one, that's got to be huge. Bobby, you had so many. And for a lot of folks out there, Bobby McKeever is one of the bright minds in golf. And and like I said, Bill Mead, he was the country club at Jackson. He taught so many great players like yourself. Uh, and he 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 put his life effort into junior golf, and I think that sure. it's passed sure. on down through y'all. But you go to the University of Georgia uh, and have a very solid career there, and now you and you've had a son, Jack Junior, play there. What have you seen the difference in college golf from maybe when you were there to maybe when your son Jack was there? Oh gosh, uh, I think when I was there, it was it was so much more casual. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that not to say that it was it was it was not any more competitive, but it just seemed like the whole the process was so much more casual. 
it has become so much more, uh, gosh, uh, what do you say, um, uh, intense, I guess. Yeah, Just it's a job whole, almost. Uh, well, yeah, junior golf, junior and recruiting and, you know, playing in the quote right tournaments and getting your name out there. And I think it's just become so much more intensified and intense. Uh, it doesn't seem like it was nearly as, uh, it, it doesn't seem like it was nearly that much of a, uh, a process when we were younger. Well, you, you're a parent now. I mean, it was, the recruiting process not even the same when we were playing. You were a parent one, oh, Jack, that, that played at uh, uh, Georgia. You got another son playing at Walford. What advice do you have for the parents or the kids listening when maybe they're choosing a college or, like you said, picking the right tournaments to play in? What advice do you have for them? Well, uh, gosh, you know, Jim, uh, I think I have probably, uh, at least all my friends tell me this, I'm probably uh, not the norm in today's world um, in that respect, in that, I think that when I was younger, when we were junior golfers and we played junior golf, I was fortunate to probably learn a lesson from some of the kids that didn't benefit most mm -hmm. from their parents. And there's a lot more parents that are uh, that hover type parent now than there ever were. But when we were kids, there might have been one or, or possibly two where their dad was just really tough on them. You know, he was watching every shot. He was scrutinizing everything they did. And most of the time, those guys were pretty good players, and somehow they could fend it off. And they didn't, you know, it didn't, let, it didn't bother them. But I just saw these dads being so overbearing and overpowering. Uh, and again, not many of them, but there was a couple that I always said to myself, if I'm ever a parent, I don't want to be like that. Mm -hmm. I will not be like that. And so when my, when I had kids, a very fortunate three boys, and, and when they were coming up, I didn't, I wanted them to do what they wanted to do. Well, they would play baseball, basketball, football. They played it all. And I gave them access to golf, but I never, never pushed them into playing. You know, I'd, 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 uh, I'd bribe them by saying you can come to the golf course with a restaurant, you can drive a golf cart, or we, you know, we can get a snack at the halfway house. You can get a candy bar or a Coke. You know, and that kind of, at times, would get them there at least. And then when they're there, they can do whatever they want. If they want to hit a ball here or if they want to putt, that's great. But if you don't, I want you to do what you want to do. It's your life, not mine. That's and, great advice because I'll tell you what, I bribe my kids because uh, I've got three daughters, and it's tougher girls playing because yeah. a lot of times they got to play with the boys. Uh, and it's a little uncomfortable, but I, I would give them $5 if they practiced uh, for an hour. <laughs> I'd give them 10 if they played 18, 5 if they played 9. And this is a true story. So knowing my oldest, Mary Langdon, who played at Mississippi State, and she was a soccer player, basketball, just like you said, track, all those sports. And to get her kind of interested, I had a buddy of mine that was a pro in Fort Wayne do the same thing. And lo and behold, she starts to practice more, plays more. And I come up with this bright idea that I thought was bright at the moment that she could never do it is <laughs> if you break 80, I'll double what you've saved. And then she does it. I said, all right, if you break 75, I'll do it. 72, long story short, about three or $4,000 later, uh, that went straight into her college account. And uh, so if yeah, you do make a, yeah. you got to make sure you, if you make, don't make the bet, make sure you pay, but don't make the bet like that. But, uh, you know, and I did the same for the other kids. And, and Kathleen, who played at LSU, uh, 
and she she says, "Well, Dad, you never paid me." I said, "Well, you didn't invoice me. There's a big difference. You got to invoice <laughs> me like your older sister." So. <laughs> got her on technicality. <laughs> got her on technicality. So I bought her a car. So. Oh, I love it. But it, I, I mean, love but it. Just, well, I think you're right. I, I I see golf almost becoming a little like tennis, uh, where parents yeah. are, and I get it. And, and you know, you have to have a budget out there because you could spend ten, yeah. fifteen, twenty thousand dollars a summer. And and ninety oh, percent so of parents simply. can't do that, so you have to yeah, be wise and, about that. And it's like an investment, but it's not because you're invested in their life. I think the biggest lesson is, if you're doing it to get a golf scholarship, you're doing it for the wrong reasons. And exactly. I think you need to be aware yeah. of that. And and you obviously yeah. you, you you handle it the right way. And you need to push them. There's times to push, uh, yeah. but I mean I see it more and more and it, and it just it's amazing how good these kids are they're more experienced yeah. and, and and like college golf i mean i i didn't really see my golf swing till i was maybe a junior or senior in college and my dad was my sole teacher but now it's yeah well you didn't need to because it always you, you every time you swing you just look down the fairway and there's a ball or so in the you never needed or in the left trees because i used to hit a hook and when i got on tour i had to play a fade <laughs> because i got tired of the left trees uh, but no, it, it did. You know, the, the story always, my teammates and you, we, we know we've had zillion putting matches, uh, Georgia, Tennessee, we're all good friends. And oh, yeah. if I didn't play well, I didn't practice because I didn't want to practice something bad. And if I played yeah. well, I already had it down. And so I didn't practice. I always had that kind of reputation, but I just love to play. Uh, yeah. and, 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 you know, as you get older, you, you don't have as much time to practice and playing so much sure. more fun, but I want to tell you one other thing though, because you, you, you mentioned it just a minute ago, but it was, it was about juniors and, and playing and, and figuring out schedules and stuff like, you know, I was very fortunate, uh, when we started having kids, uh, and it's going to sound odd, but I was very fortunate that I didn't have unlimited funds okay. to cart my kids around to all these different venues and go to the, and you know, as I told my kids growing up, once they did get interested in golf, which I said, if y'all want to play golf, it's fine. I'd love it because, you know, give me someone to play with, but if you know, it's fine, do what you want to do. But then they gravitated toward it and they got interested in it. And they, they came to me and they were, they, they always just about, well, we got to play in this tournament. I got to play in uh, the, the AJGA. I got to get in that and get these points and I got to do this. And that's how I'm going to get noticed. And, and I just said to him, I said, boys, you know, those are expensive. Mm-hmm. Those are, the, the, the money doesn't grow on trees, and we don't have one of those trees in our backyard. And if we did, <laughs> I, I, I don't know if I'd know how to go out there and cut those dollars off. Yeah. But, so, we can't do that. Now, and you're going to have peers that can't. You're going to have friends of yours and, and good players, and maybe not even as good players, but they're going to do that. And the, you're going to be you're going to be uh, uh, not shamed into it, but you're going to be kind of forced into trying to go down that road, and, and we're not going to be able to do that. So mm-hmm. we can't get on, we can't spend all this money and fly somewhere and play in a tournament and spend three or four nights in a hotel and you know, et cetera, et cetera. So as I told them, I said, boys, in the at the end of the day, the bottom line for junior golf particularly is it doesn't matter where you play. Mm-hmm. You don't have to. It doesn't have to be American Junior. Now American Junior is fantastic. Don't get me wrong. I played in them, and I, I mean, I played in the first American Junior there was, and they're fantastic, and they're an unbelievable organization. And I, my hats off to what they've done. But it's not. It, it can't be for everyone, just because it is. You know, it's it's difficult to play all those. But as I told the boys, I said, 
it doesn't matter where you play well. As long as you play well, you're going to get noticed. That's true. So you can play well at your local uh, Atlanta Junior Golf Association. You can play well in your local 18-0 group here. You shoot good scores, people are going to know who you are, and they're going to recruit you, and they're going to want you to come play for them. And so if it's on a national level, fantastic. If it's on a local level, if you do it consistently and you do it well, they're going to find you. Well, Todd Thompson, who played at Georgia, runs the SJGTs. Another good option. Oh, There's plenty of options fantastic. out there. Plenty of options. And, 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 and we played and in I, tons of those. And I think the coaches – the coaches got into the thing as we have to go to, the, and I'm not. I'm like you. I'm a big fan of the AJGA and all that. They got into the habit of just going to the AJGA events. Give me a kid yeah. that's playing the SJGT that maybe doesn't have a lot of money, that's got a lot of talent. That's your diamond in the rough because everybody's got a one and two. It's your three, four, and five guys that win you national championships uh, in college. And I, and I think it's kids like that and parents like you who have an idea. Let's not get crazy here. Let's pick the right ones. And, and it, I think it's also got to go on a level. If you're winning locally, you're winning statewide, and then you go nationally. Uh, to jump out into the fire, spend all that money, you know, you got to be yeah. you got to be aware of that. Uh, yeah, and, well, and, yeah, and I mean, some some people are, and some people aren't. So I guess I was just fortunate that I, I did because it was a necessity. Yeah. Even in the SJGT, I told the boys, I said, "Right, boys, they would come to me and say, I want to play at this tournament, this tournament, this tournament, the SJGT." I said, get a schedule. You know, figure out a schedule that you want to play it. And they'd come to me, and, and I would have to nix this tournament because, oh, that's not in Columbus. Here are the tournaments you can go to. You right. can go to a tournament in Columbus, Georgia. You can go to one in Augusta, Georgia. You can go to one in Macon, Georgia. You can go to one in certain towns where I have friends. We're going to go stay with our friends. Yeah. I said, we're not going to go spend three or four nights in a hotel. we got to go stay with our buddies, and you can play in those tournaments. And the other ones, eh, can't make those. Well, and that's the thing. It was fine. Uh, it, it just, it, it, and you just as a parent have to be aware of that because you can get caught up in chasing the points and doing the things. And, and coaches, uh, they're, if they're if you're good, they're, they're, the word of mouth's out there. It's this thing called the internet. They're going to find you. Uh, yeah, they're they're going to find you. There's too yep, many people. There's no doubt. Too many alums. I mean, you, you look at Georgia where you went to school. Good Lord, you got so many players that have played on tour. That, that word gets passed along. Uh, yep. no doubt about that. Uh, you turned pro for a little while, but you stayed amateur, got your amateur status back in 95. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's changed now because I think you get your amateur status back uh, pretty quickly. But what a career you've had playing in amateur golf. And, and we mentioned the USG, USGA, uh, the U.S. Junior. But you've played in a USAM in five different decades. Now, I'm not a genius, but that's, <laughs> that's, 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 that's a long time. And you've been very competitive. How many USGA events have you played in? Because there's the four ball, the USAM, the junior. I, I, yeah. I know it was yeah. 14, but I think it's more than that. I think it's 17. Uh, I, I, I was fortunate. It was fun. A couple, well, three years ago, down in the US four ball, I played with my best friend's son. Yes. I was 56, and he's 28. So literally, was twice his age. And we played and did well. You know, we, we ended up losing in the quarterfinals. But it was a lot of fun. You know, a great tournament. That tournament, I love that they put, the USGA put that tournament in and replaced it with the old pub links. Mm-hmm. You know, they had that, they had the, the U.S. Amateur and then the U.S. Amateur pub links. And they got rid of the pub links because they just found out that most of the kids were just signing up to be uh, public players through their college golf course, which exactly. generally was a public course. They're taking advantage so of the system. Was, it was a good move. 
Yeah, because my daughter Kathleen and Kendall Griffin, who now who played with her at LSU, who uh, had an extra year, went to Louisville, having an incredible year in college. They made it to the semifinals of the women's four ball, and they had a absolute yeah. blast. Uh, oh, it's a neat, neat tournament. What's it and like? Again, you what's, know, it was... what's it like for a fifty-six-year-old man playing with his best friend's son uh, against all these young guys? How do you stay competitive? What are the things you do to stay competitive? Because man, they hit it so far, and they're so good. And you've got the yeah, yeah. job. Uh, as well yeah 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 i've got that thing called a job uh i'm very fortunate in that in that my sister my brother and my brother-in-law and i have this little company that we are just regional marketing reps for small wineries Mm -hmm. and so i've got flexibility in my job in that the majority of my job uh, uh, entails travel i go travel and promote our wines throughout the southeast and so I have a lot of flexibility, and that's a good thing. And because of that, it's offered me the possibility of – I just I, – I've always viewed longevity uh, in golf. It, 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 to me, it equates to just staying in good condition. Mm-hmm. And so, I'm, I'm, again, I'm very fortunate. My wife is a very well-conditioned person. She loves exercising. She always has. She's always done a great job of it. And he, he pushes me to continue to do that. And so I'm probably in better shape now than I was in, you know, 20 years ago, 25 years ago. But, and it's, it's, it's helped and it completely helps with golf. And you know, I don't hit it as far as those young guys, but you know, I mean, I, I, I think, I hope that over the course of the you know 40 something years I've played golf or probably more than that, but, uh, I don't, that, that don't, don't count those good. up. That's not going to sound good to you. <laughs> <laughs> no, don't, don't. Well, uh, all the time I play golf, I think I've learned some stuff, and I hope you know, I've learned some stuff, you know, as far as how to play. It used to be, you know, a lot of times you go out and play golf swing, and now it's still play golf. And so it's uh, it's uh, it's fun to me. I mean, I love it. It's, it, you know, you com- it's competitive. It's competing. And it's not an external battle. You're not right. competing against the world. You're competing against yourself. And you know that better than anyone playing on a tour for, what, 27 years? For 25 years? Yeah, for a while. I mean, that's a long time. And and to do that with that type of success, you know, it, it, it's it, it, sure it's competitive. And sure, you have to be, you've got to stay in the top 125 to keep your tour card. That all boils down to that competitiveness and being internal. Can you beat yourself? Can you stay out of your own way? Can you continue to convince yourself that you're good enough to do this? Can you, you know, it's, it's, and, it, and you don't have to tell anybody that because it's all in your head. And so, I don't know, it just is one of those things that keeps driving me. And I have got interest to continue. And I will, as, as long as I keep my health, I'm going to, I'm going to play competitive senior golf. Yeah, it's fun. flexibility is huge, folks. Uh, sure. And, and the, as you get older, it gets tougher and tougher, as you said. But uh, I, I think just you know the question I always ask my guests, and you've you've played against some of the best amateurs, you've played at the college level. I mean, what separates that elite player from the rest? Uh, you mentioned some of that stuff just in the, when you were answering that last question, but there's a there's a little something different that they have, isn't there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's no question. You know, there's a there's an internal confidence. You know, a lot of times you hear guys talk about certain guys, oh, that guy's so cocky. Well, yeah, I mean, maybe he, he has a little bit more of his 
external confidence. You know, he wants you to know how good he is so he can try to intimidate you. But generally, the the, the best guys. I mean, I, I think about a Herschel Walker. Mm-hmm. Herschel Walker was in school when I was in school. Herschel would carry that ball and that football, and he would just kill it. You know, and Heisman Trophy winner, just incredible athlete, but an incredible person. And they asked him one time, they said, Herschel, how can you carry that ball 45, 46, 48 times a game? He's like, oh, it's okay. It's not very heavy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, very, very humble fella. But, you know, you know he had an internal confidence. Yeah. He had it, and he knew it. And, and golf is even more so like that. And, you know, it's just one of those things that if, if, if those guys that excel and separate themselves – I think they know that, and they and they know that even when they don't perform particularly well, or they even have a period of time when they don't perform particularly well, they still have it in them, and mm-hmm. they still know in them. Okay, I, I'm just I'm, I'm not on the right track, but I know it's there. I know it's going to come back. I just got to be patient. I got to get down the right track and figure out. I need some help. Yeah, you know you you need help. You need you need some instruction. And you do need uh, the hard work, and but you can't do it alone. You can't see yourself swing. You can't. You 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 get the feedback of what the ball is doing, but you know it's funny that you say you didn't see your swing until you were you know on the pro tour. <laughs> it's like, God, how do you do that? Yeah. Well, I mean, you, we had feedback. You know, if if you're doing this, this is going to happen. If your if your hips are stalled at impact, that ball is going left. Yeah, you know, it's, it's not, true. Your hands are going to take over. It's going left. But people don't think in those terms these days because they're looking at the track man and all that kind of stuff. Exactly. So exactly. How's how has your golf or has your golf helped you in the wine business? Uh, how are you? Because a lot of folks that are listening, uh, you know, they, golf is an avenue, uh, a, a way to get into customers, playing along. Has it helped you any uh, being such a, a good player and still playing competitively? Does that help you in the in your business? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. I would say, um, in my particular business, it probably hasn't helped as much as I, if I was, uh, in the real estate business or in the insurance business or, you know, there are other, other businesses that I could be in that I could really use more to my advantage. However, I do, I use it to my advantage. I've got some, uh, I've got a restaurateur, a, a, a good pal of mine who buys wine from us from up in North Carolina. Coming down next week, he's going to come down. We're going to play golf, and he does it once a quarter or so. And I'll see him up in North Carolina, and he'll come down here. So, I mean, I get to use it. Um, I get to use it to an extent, probably. Again, not as much as in other businesses, or, or I wouldn't be. But it's, it's uh, sure. I think that anybody that has a skill that people tend to aspire to, you know, it 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 helps them. It helps them gain. A little something on the next guy, and so sure, it's fantastic. What's the name of the business? Uh, Pacific Southern Wine Company, okay. and we're just That's what, real small. So you're just kind of you kind of stay in the region more or less uh, when you're yeah yeah okay. yeah. Well, that's cool. Yeah. What's the what's um, the what's the what's it, so if you if you look at all those tournaments you played in, you said you love the four ball. It's one of your favorites. Uh, uh, it's always nice to hear what people yeah. think is their favorite golf course. Yeah, I mean, I, I uh, uh, it's hard for me to have one, but I roll County down over in Ireland. I've okay. been there a few times um, with Jeff Knox. He's, he's a member, and he takes us over there occasionally. And 
we've had a ball over there. Uh, Pine Valley, I think, is just spectacular. It's got such uh, uh, the golf course is so spectacular, spectacular in the aura. Uh, Belmead, Thompson, yeah. Georgia, yeah, fantastic. Not even not the one, not the Belmead in Nashville, Tennessee. Right. Belmead in Thompson, Georgia, yeah, really a cool little golf course that will just eat you lunch. Well, you're leaving one out, Peachtree. Peachtree's fantastic. It's my favorite golf course in Georgia, no question. It's just, it's fabulous. It's one of my top five in the country. Um, I just think it's, it's, it doesn't ever get old, and it's just fabulous. And the the whole uh, aura with Bobby Jones, him starting the golf course in 1947, and just being the the main driving force in it. Uh, it, it it's a special place, very special. You mentioned the golf you, you world. mentioned Jeff Knox. We always hear he's playing as a, kind of a fill in there when there's a single with the Augusta. Such a good yeah. member at Augusta, but you beat him in the Georgia mm-hmm. Senior Am. Uh, that had to be a pretty cool moment for you uh, to win that and beat some really good players. Oh, it was fun. It was uh, it was one of those deals. It was over to Augusta to go to the Country Club, and yep. Jeff and I we were we've known each other forever. We were fraternity brothers, Georgia, so we've been pals for a long time. And we go on golf trips, and we all uh, we've got a group that is just Peter Person. You know Peter, yep. Peter Person. So you played them on the tour. Mike Brown, we've got a group of guys that, that are just really close and we just have a ball together and we're very fortunate in that respect. And that when we found out that the senior amateur was going to be over at Augusta Country Club, it was, well, you'll remember Wright Waddell. Oh, yeah. Yeah, from Columbus, Georgia. So when he played with us at Georgia, you knew him. And Waddell and I were going to go stay with Jeff Knox for the tournament and have a big time and have fun. And ended up the week before Waddell called, he got the shingles. Okay. He got him bad, and so he couldn't come. So I went over and stayed with Jeff, and we just had a ball. And then we ended up playing in the last group the last day, and so it was even more fun. So just you, one of those. You mentioned Wright Waddell. How about the high school team they had at Columbus? Mad oh, Hatcher, man. Uh, Mad Car- Carter Mize. Who Waddell, Carter Mize. Lord, it, it was a college team. Yeah, it was a college team. It was a young college team. <laughs> how, how, so many good players in Georgia. Uh, that has to help continuing to play against some of the best uh to know you're playing against some of the best you know i've had john tillery i've had uh plenty of guys on there from georgia scott hamilton and yeah. that, you know what's the deal with so many good players and and it has to keep playing against the best has to continue uh to help the younger generation knowing that look at these guys and playing against them it, it's got to be good for competition well i think about it um Madden Hatcher and I, I was Madden one year senior in 1976 yep. out of Colorado. And I knew Madden um, a little bit growing up, but he and I roomed together my first year at Georgia. And so I had won the junior in 79. And so fast forward until I guess it was 2002 or three, um, Brian Harmon won yeah. the junior. Yep. And Madden and I both were uh, – uh, trying to get him to come to Georgia. We were trying to convince him, dude, you got to come to Georgia. We need a third U.S. junior champ. And there was only three in the state. We were the only three guys in the state that had won the U.S. junior. But then, when I look at guys, the senior am. I yeah. mean, there's been three guys now that have won the senior am in the state. And it, it, Bill Plager won, um, Bob Royak won, and then uh, Doug Hansel. So they've had three senior amateurs win the USGA senior amateur. So I mean, it's there's been a lot of guys here in the state that have, and I think you're right. I mean, I just kind of, you know, when you go, you can't 
just kind of go lava gag. You well, back go to Bobby Jones. Well. I think back to Bobby Jones. Ah, I mean, he laid the, the the print right there in the history. Uh, yeah, it, it's just amazing the history that Georgia has. Of course, we always talk about Augusta, but just all the great players. You mentioned University of Georgia, and I, I know you get to get going here. Uh, but man. Chris Hack has done a great job. What is going on over at Georgia to continue to keep all these great players? Uh, <laughs> is there a secret? Or and I think another thing is you the the, the alums come back and support it. Uh, yeah, but how? Well, there's a secret, Jim, but I can't tell you. That's why it's a secret, right? <laughs> but what? what no, how, tell you, how special is when, that to see how your 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 alma mater is continuing to have great success? Well, it's fabulous, and and when. When Hacker became coach over there, he really took a different approach, uh, and that's been heck. It's been twenty. Oh, gosh, it's been twenty-five years. Yeah, I've had him on the podcast. Yeah. It's been a while. Yeah, he's yeah, a um, age. <laughs> but he's done. He, he took a completely different approach to that. That that was either being taken there or but being taken in college golf in general. I guess um, um, Coach Holder was one of the only few do anything like what Heck did, um, but he did it before him. But he, he got people involved. Heck knew there was an endless line of people, of alumni from Georgia, not just golf team alumni, but alumni from Georgia in general, mm-hmm. from UGA, that were interested in the golf team and that wanted to get involved with the golf team and wanted to support the golf team. But that endless line had never really been tapped into. And so... Hacker was the first one that really promoted that, and and he started the Bulldog Open, and all the proceeds go to the golf team, and not just the general scholarship fund. He started a, a biannual uh, match of, of of alumni golf members, and Peter Persons, you know, and it's a it's a football, and Peter Persons and I still go back and play every time, and so everybody comes back, and the tour players come back, and you know they stay involved, and. And Hacker really started that process fabulously that, that hadn't been that way uh, before he got there. And I think that that type of thing, it, it's only a matter of time until you're going to have success. And then he started it, and then you know, a couple of years later, he won the NCAAs, and then he started getting all those guys out on the tour, and he's just continuing. I mean, they just continue to come on. Yeah, because Tennessee's so, doing it. Brennan Webb's doing the same thing. We never had an alumni get together maybe one time. Uh, and then in the last four years, Stuart Smith, who you know played with me, is his yeah, yeah, and, yeah. and with the support of, like you said, not just ex-golfers, but just other uh, people who love the golf program. And Coach Webb has done a great job in, in Knoxville with that. And we've, we've, yeah. we've had that success kind of like guys like, you know, Chris Hack doing it. You had to kind of – we had to get the alum involved. And I think that's, that's – Well, yeah. Important. I mean, just to, to, to tap into those resources and, and – and it takes effort, you know. It's not like it just happens, and you can't just make one call and something like that happens. But so it does take effort, and it takes a big effort, and it takes you recruiting more alumni. So Hacker was able to recruit guys from Athens. You know, he went out and got some guys that were interested and want to get involved, and you know, it started there, and it just swelled. And so my hats off to him for what he's done. He's he's you know he's done a great job up there, and and I just think that everybody has benefited from it, and. Not only the players, of course, and then they've gone to the you know they've got this 
sure enough, the, 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 this winning, you know, they say it's not the PGA Tour, it's the UGA Tour. I heard it, I've heard uh, it, I've heard it. Joe, jokingly. Y'all win one football national championship well, in 300 years, and now y'all got all the national yeah, championships. Well, <laughs> yeah, and you and I both know, things are cyclical. You know, it's not going to be like this forever. So, we wish it would, but it's not going to be. So It's, it's been going uh, pretty in good. The grand, yeah, in the grand scheme of things, we've had a good run here in the last several years, so we'll hope that it keeps up. What's uh, what's up? The spring's coming along. What the what's your tournament schedule like? What are you going to play in? And uh, you know, anything coming up anytime soon? Uh, I get to yeah. I'm keep an eye on you now. You know. Yeah, yeah. Well, I was uh, I I'm I got to get another USDA tournament in. I, I found that I didn't know this, Jim, and you you probably did because you're probably closer to all this than I am. But the the that Wagger, the World yep. Amateur Golf Rankings. Yep. I didn't know that the the USGA used that so much now. Yep. I guess they use it in the in the US Amateur and even in the Mid Am. But in the Senior Am, the top twenty five in the Wagger ratings for senior players are exempt from the Senior Amateur. And so that's been an objective of mine for the last several months. Uh, I was fortunate. A friend of mine, Greg Greenbaum, and his dad Jerry, they they uh, alerted me to the fact that that was the case. And so they said, we need to go play in some of these senior things and get into that top 25. I said, all right. So then I went and won the senior am for Georgia and then uh, played in the Society of Seniors event a couple weeks after that and finished second. And I look up and I was fifth on the wider rating. So I'm like, wow, that's pretty good. Absolutely. I need to do that more. See, yeah. no, it's because so, they do. They they use that. And I didn't realize they use it as much for the senior part of it. But it's it's – it's a great way for to get exempt. Of course, you got to play well. Uh, well, again, yeah, it goes back to that same level. Yeah. Have you have you played the senior you U.S. Think. Open yet? Because you've played about everything else. Yeah, yeah, I've been to two of the senior opens. Okay. One of them actually, the last one was out at the Broadmoor with my I brother Jeff. That's right. You told me that the other your night. brother Jeff. That's right. Yeah. That's right. And yeah. I hadn't seen him in I hadn't seen him in years, and I ran into him out there and just had a ball with him. He was. We had a great time. That's right. You did tell me that the other night, and and I do remember yeah, that. Yeah. It's, it's pretty cool when you look back at all the USGA events that you've played in, uh, to, yeah. to think of that kind of that run you've had. But uh, I appreciate you spending some time with us, uh, and I can't wait to keep watching. And uh, I got to come over and play Peachtree. I've never played it. Uh, yeah. You said you just had your hip replaced, so I know you're walking. Yeah. So I'll have to go yeah. out and get in shape though if I'm going to come over there and play with you and walk. Uh, you can do whatever you want. You can walk, you can ride. I just want you to come play. I had such a ball. You've always been such a fun guy. You, you know, when we were in college, that was one of the things. We always gravitated towards the Tennessee team. Our Georgia team always gravitated to it. It was you and Stuart Smith and John Hamrick. And, you know, it was just, y'all were just a fun bunch of guys, good players and fun guys, and they wanted to be around them. And so it was, I really got a kick out of seeing you the other night over there in Jackson. Getting right. into that uh, Mississippi Hall of Fame—that was great. So. It was. What's well, cool because it's—and that's for the listeners. These are friends you make for a lifetime, and we hadn't seen each other in years. And it was oh, yeah. we have just left off where we were on a putting green and uh, Augusta yeah. land at uh, West Lake for the USCCs. It just was the same. That's right. That's yeah. the beauty, I think, of college golf, and and I think that's what's helping the U.S. Ryder Cup team now. These guys have all played golf together against each other. Same, some on the same teams. I think it's just. These are lifetime uh, memories and friends you'll have forever, and that's the beauty. Of oh our, man! And that's our beauty of our game. Uh, but so uh, true. And you know, to that point, I will tell you, and 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 you would probably agree with this, though. Um, 
for junior golfers and, and college recruits, you know, you think about where to go play golf. You know, you want to play at a big time school and you want to do the big time, you know, division one and this and that. And as we talked about, it doesn't matter where you play, just go play well. But one of the things that I would stress to parents and, and to kids is pick a place where you know what the age is of these kids. If you're going to be a freshman coming in, if they got four seniors, then yeah, you want to know them, but you know, they're not going to be there while you're there. True. So if they've got a couple of freshmen this, the, the, the year, year, next year, if they got some sophomores, but, but the camaraderie, you want to have camaraderie with these guys and you want to have a fun team that, you know, you can get together with and you can be competitive and you can play and, yeah, I think it means a lot, not only for, as you said, the longevity factor, because I've still got friends. I mean, my closest friends are my college golf mates, college mm-hmm. teammates, mm-hmm. still. And, and, and not that that's what you're after when you go to play college golf, but I think that if there is a camaraderie there and there is that, that base mentality is, is fairly the same, that it can do nothing but help. And, and you go out and you have contests and you have chipping contests and putting contests and, 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 and you, you play against each other, but you're playing with each other and you, know, you want to beat him, but you want him to do well. And so I think it means a lot. And so I think that kids, you really need to look at that when you go look at a college. And to me, it makes, it, it's more important that chemistry than it is the, the, the uh, the, the reputation of the college or the reputation of the university you're going to play for. Absolutely. If that makes sense. No, yeah. that's a great way to end it. That's great advice. Another thing I always tell the kids, go somewhere if you never played, if you got hurt, you missed a trip, that you would be comfortable if it gets down to one or two schools. And uh, the, all those yeah. things go into the decision. It's tough decisions. But go where you think you're going to be the happiest. Jack, I appreciate well, you being with us. And, yeah, uh, and you give people advice like that because you're the daddy. Well, I am the daddy. <laughs> and uh, it's so good to catch back up with you. we got to keep together a little bit uh, a little bit yep. more often. And uh, definitely right. when I come towards Atlanta, we'll go play. Do We we don't play the back tees because I, I, I play forward nope. now. Not the, not the right. red we're tees, seen. but the forward tees. No, no we're seniors. Okay. We, we can do that. All right, bro. <laughs> All right, well, good luck to you, man. Sounds great. Thanks, Jim.